Oh. <laughs> Did you hear that? Yeah. Um, hi, this is the Holistic Travel Nurse. I haven't done a video in a long time. Still have my fake background. Um, and I have Jody on, another fellow nurse, another um, whistleblower, and she is a powerhouse of a nurse who's going to speak up. And I think that this will hopefully encourage more people in healthcare to be speaking up to um, take our oath of our health serious. Jody, how many years have you been a nurse? Hi, I have been a nurse now for eight years. And I'm mm -hmm. um, in the hospital setting the whole time? The entire time. I started off uh, getting my CNA. Well, actually, I started off delivering food trays because I had a background in, um, in restaurant. And so I made like $5 more an hour <laughs> delivering food trays than I did when I became a CNA. I took a pay cut, but I wanted to make sure that nursing was what I wanted to do. Um, cause I, I went back at 35. So, um, yeah, I've been in the hospital the entire time. I became a PCT, was with uh, um, in the ICU and the trauma unit, and um, and just worked my way up. Yeah, you sound like me. I, I did the CNA. They, one nurse told me, you need to get your CNA first and do this, do that. And I did the same thing. By the time you get to nursing school, you're like, I've seen so much because I've been right. in the hospital for so many years. Um, yeah. So it made nursing school not quite as killer as it was. And then you... Um, you were on Project Veritas. You were a whistleblower, right? Yes, I was. Um, back in September last year, my story came out. And what did you whistleblow about? Well, I whistleblew on what I got recorded, which was underreporting of vaccine injuries, um, myocarditis and young, healthy, 30-year-old, um, double blood clot, um, and for two weeks post uh, post shot with a 15 year old refusal of patient's right to try um, who wanted um, ivermectin and the pharmacist blocked it, blocked the physician's order um, and she wound up passing away. Um, but really just the, the corruption in the healthcare system and working at a government facility, um, I think I saw a lot of it. Yeah, I, I had an incidence of that too. I can say that too, not saying the facility I was at, but as a travel nurse in 2020 and 2021, before the big talk of ivermectin, well, after the big talk of ivermectin, patients would, um, family asked, and it took weeks for the patient's family members to ask, this is an ICU setting, and then they finally gave it. But by then those patients were on death's bed anyways. Right. Um, and then sometimes you're right, like the pharmacist didn't even have it in the hospitals. Um, but we, she had it, she just refused to give it. That's ridiculous. She was following orders. It's, it's um, medicine has changed so much and it has me eyes open to more, um, I think more or less to what I've seen a whole lot of, it, what is unfortunate to me is that they put you on a path in healthcare into like, okay, well this, 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 and they have protocols for everything. And you're on that protocol. Oh, you're a diabetic. You're going to follow this protocol. You have CHF. You're going to be on this pathway. That's it. There's no um, holistic view of medicine or treating people as a whole. And we treat them by their symptoms and a pathway and a protocol. That's it. 
Yeah, I completely agree. Yes, and and this whole pandemic um, has been under like essentially a protocol. You know, come to the hospital uh, or don't come to the hospital unless you can't breathe. Because even if you're positive, we're not going to do anything for you. So just go home. And when you feel like you're dying, then come back. You know, I mean, it's just, it was nuts. It was nuts. Like, this is what we tell people from the very beginning. Like, when in the history of medicine did we ever say you have a deadly disease, but we're not going to treat you until you start dying? Like... <laughs> I know we did more for the flu and in the flu we don't even do as much we don't even give enough vitamin c for the flu that they people should be educated about vitamin c but at least we did antivirals for vitamin c and we talked about antivirals for vit for the mm -hmm. flu but this we yeah. this was just like treating people and I I don't know if you saw it I saw it the way we've treated people too is like okay don't go in the room as much um, it limits yep. your exposure. And yep. um, I heard over conversations with doctors, like, I don't want to treat this person because they don't have the vaccine. It's mm -hmm. just been horrible um, of a situation that nurses have put themselves into. Yes. I mean, you know, we, our ethics, the oath that we took, our ethical principles, the moral compass that guides us as a person and as a nurse, you know, cause you're not just a nurse when you're at the bedside and you have a patient you're taking care of. It's like, we're always a nurse. Yep. We're always helping the community, you know, and, and the population and stuff. That's, that's who we are. And, and the fact that they just somehow lost their, their moral compass really their, their oaths that they took just are not being upheld. I mean, you know, I came out, I recorded people, you know, that's what I did with my story. Um, I just pulled my phone out of my pocket and I recorded anytime there was a conversation and I did this over just a few shifts, right? So this wasn't like I'd been doing this for months. This was, you know, begging God to like use me and then being like, no, I want to get out of it. And him saying, no, stay here. And I'm like, no, but I want to leave. And then finally it was like, okay, now do this. And, and it literally just was like, oh my gosh, this is what we've been seeing that we've just grown so complacent to, you know? And um, uh, yeah, the, the ethics do no harm, compassionate care. You know, those are the, the principles that guide us as a nurse. And, and we just did completely the opposite, all while being told that we're healthcare heroes, you know? Yeah, it, it, there's an oxymoron to the whole thing. And it's, um, it's, but it's heroes like you that have taken a hit, um, but, and are, are showing nurses that we need to have some cojones um, and we need to be, have some backbone to us and we need to be, um, advocates always, always for the people that God put in our place and in our mm -hmm. hands to take care of. We carry their life on our hands and we forget that. We're the last step when it comes to a medication, to an assessment, something we see. We are that. We're that voice for those patients when they're voiceless. Mm -hmm. And if no one is not going to do their job right, then, you know, you're, we're, we're doing harm. That's right. how I see it. We're actually doing harm. 
Right. And we've done way more harm than any good um, that, that we could have done throughout this whole pandemic. Like the two weeks to slow the spread, completely BS. Like there's never any health policy that says to lock down the healthy, you know, and in the in the low risk age groups, right? If our, you know, they, they were honest with us in the beginning, they said the elderly are the ones who are affected. And, and they were right on the entire time. It was mainly the elderly and not our children, but yet our children has been made to suffer hor horrific, like, lives for the last two years, not being around their friends, told that they can breathe and kill their grandmother, you know, not being educated, being bullied in the classroom. Like now it's okay. You know, we, we had this big thing of, oh, you know, no bullies, don't be a bully, but now it's okay to bully somebody who's not wearing a mask, you know, or somebody who doesn't have a shot. And, um, and it, it's just horrible what's gone on. And, and the crazy thing is, is like, once my story came out, um, I got complaints against my nursing license. And so I had to go in front of the board of nursing. I had like 18 complaints against my nursing license, um, all varying from um, that they were pissed that I recorded them. Um, but it was totally legal for me to do, um, you know, patient privacy, they were saying HIPAA, um, which was never violated. Um, oh, I created vaccine hesitancy. Um, I'm um, prescribing ivermectin, like these types of things, right? And, um, and I never did any of that. Uh, but I had to have an ethics evaluation in January. So I underwent an ethics evaluation and then it came um, out that I passed it with flying colors and I upheld my oath. So when I went in front of the board last month, they dismissed it. So my whole case, like it, it's just dismissed, it's gone. Um, I upheld my oath and my ethics and my license is free and clear. So for me to do what I did, which some would say is, you know, was really bold and courageous, right? By filming people and blasting it out on social media, because it's essentially what I did. I got to a point where I was like, you guys are all nuts. Mm -hmm. Like, how, how are we not seeing this? Like, here's a fact. You got this 33-year-old that just had his second dose three days ago and he's been developing a cough and you're not seeing that this is a vaccine injury. Like it just became to be so, so, so tough. hard to deal with. Yeah. So tough. And, and then now I look and, and what about all those nurses that did the opposite of what I did? So if I upheld my oath, what does that say about you? Yeah. Yeah. That, that is that is the problem i don't think that and here's my issue is too i don't think nurses are um i don't think they're taking the time to do the research that we're supposed to be doing you know we're supposed to be continuing our education in in certain states because i've had multiple licenses in multiple states because i've been a travel nurse you have to go through ce's you know what i'm talking about and we need to continue educate because we are the educators for our patient and the public the doctors do not spend that much time to educate you about your diagnosis, your, your, your medications, any of those things that we carry the weight on us to do. Um, 
and being a whistleblower and being being eyes open to the things that need to be done and they're not being done, reporting things to VAERS, that's being completely ignored by main street media, by anybody who has any common sense, would know that this has been around for years. And so I, I don't, I just, it's, it's wild. The world we live in now in 2022 is, I never saw this coming. Um, it's yeah. completely wild to me. Yeah, I, I've been, I felt for a couple years, like it was just this Twilight Zone saga. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, here we go again. You know, it, like looking at people and saying, Tear, you look, read this. It says that it's 40,000 times smaller than a hair. And if a hair can go through your mask, this is 40,000 times smaller. And they're like, well, it's better than nothing. And I'm like, no, did you not see 40,000 times smaller? It's going to go through your mask, your dirty mask. Like, it does yeah. nothing, you know? Yeah. And it's yeah. like, or, you know, because the microbiology of it all, of the, all the things that are growing in our mucosa and that we're breathing out on the mask, we could swab it and know that there's bacteria and we're rebreathing bacteria. There's just that point of rebreathing bacteria, air, that there's a whole scientific study on that. That is true science that is being totally ignored. I'm like, wait a second. Did you not take a patho? You know, I took patho and I took microbiology and I remember microbiology and how quickly bacteria can multiply. Yeah. And yeah. Did you not remember about cold or warm, dark, uh, yeah. <laughs> moist places? Exactly. Like what grows there? <laughs> Are we, did we lose this all together? I mean, like, <laughs> seriously like somebody dumped common sense that we've all been through school out the window with yeah. this whole COVID thing and we're going to follow some policy by some corrupt organization I didn't understand how corrupt the CDC was until now same I, I didn't get it at how corrupt and now I know I'm like is it trustworthy information at all now right um, I question everything. And I think that anybody that wants to take their own health in their hands needs to do that. And they need to have like multiple people part of their healthcare practice now. Have a doctor, have a fine, have a naturopath, have a health coach, have multiple people that you can get valuable information about your health from. You can't just trust somebody in a white coat anymore. No. Um, and no. Actually, you can't trust most of them. Really, when it comes down to it, most of them, most nurses, most doctors, like most of them are, you know, just following the narrative. They, they literally got brainwashed. Um, either they got brainwashed uh, or they're just complicit, right? And they just don't care. They're like, let me just go to work and, you know, do the least amount of harm that I can and collect my paycheck. Even though taking away the, the family from the provider or from the bedside was just horrible. Mm -hmm. They let that go on way too long, mm -hmm. way too long. Just uh, like you said um, earlier, you know, due to this national emergency act that the president enacted saying that we're in this pandemic and you don't have to go in and assess the patient. Um, we don't have to have the same standards of care. And, you know, there was many times that doctors didn't go in the room, you know, and, and on their uh, 
on their progress note, they charted due to limiting uh, COVID exposure report received from nurse. Yeah. Doctor never yeah. even went in the room. Yep. Like never laid in. And every, yeah. And everybody's just like, okay, like we're, this is what we're doing. But meanwhile, once you leave work, you can run to Walmart and go shopping. You can go to the restaurant, but you can't have the family that's like been living with this person come in and leave and walk out the hallway, the same hallway that you're walking in. Well, well, we're just trying to limit the activity. It's like, oh my gosh, people. Yeah. <laughs> just... And I saw the young nurses making TikTok videos in their um, PPE at yeah. one facility. And I'm like, this is so immature. And this mm -hmm. is so wrong. And um, I worked with some nurses that were the crisis nurses. And um, I had some of them just say, I don't know what, this is, they, they would say the same thing. They feel like our hands are tied. I'm like, we have to do something though. That's why I have a platform where I can educate, where I'm actually planning on starting a ministry on my own, where I'm having a, a holistic health spa on my side so that it can help people. And I can go back to okay. the God-given gifts that he's given me you know, and where I can actually do something with the, the skill set that I have and the knowledge base that I have, because yes, I'm, I have my hands are tied. And then I think nurses are feeling tied or scared too. I, I talked to some that in Texas that did not want to get this shot and they're, they felt scared. Um, mm -hmm. they were scared of speaking up to their patients. They weren't giving any, they weren't advocating for their patients. So they weren't advocating, mm -hmm. um, higher doses of vitamin C. They weren't advocating, um, um iver ivermectin or more zinc. Um, they weren't advocating those things at all for their patients mm -hmm. or doing education for those patients. They weren't. Um, and, and so I, I, I'm like, well, you have to, you have to have some moral ground to in nursing to stand up and do what's right and know that you mm -hmm. might have to face something but retaliation like you are feeling retaliated against for doing the right thing and speaking up right um right. i experienced it recently too i'm like retaliation is totally true but we have to be the voice of those people that have no voice mm -hmm. they have nobody else there for them and um, and we're the ones who are seeing it we see what's happening firsthand. So, you know, it also makes us have to be, like we're mandatory reporters, period, right? We're just, we have to. And if you're seeing all of these things that don't make sense, we have to come to the point where we're speaking up and we're having conversations about it. Yeah. You know, that's what I tell people. I said, you know, you don't need to go off and, you know, record and put it on you know youtube and go viral like i did it's not about that it's about speaking your truth you have got to speak up at that nurse's station when they are discriminating against a patient that's not vaccinated or another nurse that's not and you overhear somebody say something speak up and say that's not right yep don't don't talk like that yep you know, that's not, it's not proper. That's not who we are. Nope. Um, you're giving a bad name to the profession. Keep your mouth shut. Keep your opinion to yourself. You know, I mean, it, the days of just being like, oh, I just don't want to be bothered with it. Like those are far from over because as quickly as we saw our life change in March when they said two weeks to slow the spread, uh, it's something else big is coming. 
I know it. There's no way that they're letting this go. Yeah. There's something else coming down. And, and I feel from the research that I've done stuff, it, it's going to be food related. Yeah, and I feel like there's going to be a, the food, a food shortage. And I've been saying mm -hmm. that for a while. I believe that, that what we're seeing globally, we're not paying attention to what's going on in China in different areas. And people should be stocking up. And I've said this for a long time, stock up on beans and rice at your house. Just have the essentials at your own and then grow your own food. It is time to be back to growing our own food and like yeah. doing a garden in your backyard and growing what you can. Um, my parents go above that. I told them if something really does happen because they have a greenhouse and they have 26 acres, they have their own pond. They, I mean, oh, I love it. <laughs> they have chickens. I was like, you just need goats, dad. You need some goats, some pigs. Right. And they've learned to dehydrate food and like store food properly the way it used to be. And, you know, going back to that whole thing. And I'm like, that's the way it's supposed to be though. <laughs> and I'm like the, the food alter. If, if we want to talk about people's health, we, if we go back to just the GMO food, if people cut GMO food out of their, out of their bodies and the highly hydrogenated oils that are soybean oil and canola oils out of your lifestyle, you're going to be healthier. It's going to take some time, but you are going to change your health mm -hmm. and you can empower yourself with that little simple choice. And, right. um, we can't even educate, you know, about those things that sometimes, I mean, we're limited. And then you, you, the ivermectin thing just flew me out because I didn't even know what that drug was until then. Mm -hmm. So I had to research more of that medication. Did you ever give it before? I've never given it. No. Nope, knew nothing about it. I found out about ivermectin in October of 2020 when um, one of my ER docs, he was, he had Dr. McCullough come to our pharmatherapeutics committee meeting in October, in September of 2020. Wow. And, and try to get them to start using hydroxychloroquine on there, on, uh, on the patients. And they said no. And he's like, I've been using it you know, and he had his evidence and FLCCC docs. So when I um, got hooked up with a, a doctor that was prescribing here in Arizona, um, she's like, oh, I'm going to add ivermectin to your protocol. Um, there's uh, good uh, evidence out now that um, it, it does well. And you can use, do it prophylactically, you know, however you want to do it. And I wound up, I didn't need it until two years later. You know, when I was in Chicago around my eight vaccinated friends and they all came down with COVID and gave it to me. Um, that's when I first used it. But um, yeah, I found out about it in October of 2020 that I had it in my medicine cabinet. And then I told my friends and family, my close people, hey, here's a doc that's prescribing, like, just get this just in case. And, and so I kind of kept it quiet from my patients because as a nurse, you know, like our words mean a lot, you know, so I wanted to make sure that what I was seeing, like I could, um, you know, just tell anybody and with all of the people that I recommended to this doctor here in Arizona and, um, I stayed in contact with them and they were telling me all their successes. I had known enough about it after like four months where it was like, everybody should be taking this. So I was very vocal about it at my work and told them about it. Um, but again, it was, you know, 
backlash. Oh, it's a horse pill. You got backlash for it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I got black backlash, but nobody could ever debate me because I would show them the fact and they were like, Oh, well look at this fact. And I go, your fact, your FDA is throwing up a horse. Like, you know, that this won the Nobel peace prize for humans. Right. And yeah. they're like, Oh yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So yeah, there was a lot of that going on, but yeah, no, I never knew about ivermectin. Then when I first found out about it, I was like, Oh, this drug is safer than Tylenol. Give it to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Tylenol is a black box warning drug. We forget about that it does completely harm and kills more people than we, we talk about. I've seen my years of overdoses on accidental ibuprofen and Tylenol that eventually will cause people to die. Ivermectin, I've never seen that. Never seen no. someone overdose or come near death over that. Um, definitely my share of Tylenols. I'm sure you right. have too. Um, you know, an accidental, and, and these are accidental cases. These aren't like permanently, mm -hmm. you know, someone trying to commit suicide. This is an accidental thing that someone does. Right. Um, right. And so it's like, nobody's hurting himself accidentally with ivermectin, <laughs> you know, right, right. Or, or accidentally hurting themselves with too much vitamin C or vitamin D. I mean, right. it's not happening. It's just right. not happening. And yet it's so it's common. Not happening. Yes. Yes. It's just so common sense and it's just not being talked about. And, um, and, but we have to be, we have to stand our grounds as nurses. We have to, you know, stand our grounds and know that God's mm -hmm. got a, our back. And I feel like right, that's what your situation is, is God's got your back yeah. and that you're standing your ground and you're making things light. And if it, it makes those that are just following the narrative, you know what, they're going to, they're going to wake up too. They're going to get sick eventually. If they keep getting these boosters, they're going to get mm -hmm. sick. They can't just keep mm -hmm. eating this toxin and not have replications to it. It's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, just all of these stories. I mean, I had a, on my Facebook uh, feed, oh, you know, may she rest in peace. My 21-year-old niece died peacefully in her sleep. I'm like, what? You just, what? No, the 21-year-olds don't die in their sleep. Nope. You know, the, and we see like a, a bunch of these things, you know, um, deaths and people are like, they're just not putting two and two together. But there's once it hits home for you is when your eyes may open up. Right. Um, and then people start to say, oh, yeah, well, it's not just me, you know, but most people aren't saying anything and talking about it out loud because they just don't want to deal with it. They just hoping this is all, this all goes away, you know? Yeah. Yep. Just go along with the flow of it all. Yeah. And I can't believe because Facebook is censored so much. I've been in Facebook jail that I actually deleted Facebook from my phone for a long time. So it's like, it's not worth it. It's, if I put anything out, which I have over 3000 friends, <laughs> 10 yeah. of them may see it because I'm so censored because right. I, I'm not going to go back on not speaking the truth. You know, I'm going to uh -huh. speak the truth in love. We need to speak the yeah. truth in love and we need to do it with love and compassion, but I'm going to speak the truth. And I love that Naomi. That's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you said that. That's why I tell people, I said, it's our job to speak the truth. We speak it in love and kindness, but we have to speak it. Yeah, that's great. He gave us a voice and a platform for a reason. And I mean, mm -hmm. nursing wasn't a, um, of my plan. It was his plan. Um, in my situation. 
And so it was, um, and I feel called to it. And then I'm like, God, now I want out of it. I'm like, what do you want me to do? And that's where I'm like thinking and praying about like how to start my own ministry on the side where, Hey, how can I really help people? You know, um, uh-huh. I'm learning so much and I have so much knowledge. I, I love books on health. I read them. I talk about them. I share them what I can. And, um, I want to fill people back to empowerment that they can own their own health and it doesn't um, come with putting injections in their body. It comes mm-hmm. with what they're, it comes with what food they drink, what water they drink and emotions. We don't talk about our emotional health affecting our physical right. health enough and, um, and stress and the amount of stress, you know, we carry and we need to be managing it properly. Otherwise it's going to turn out to be a disease. Yeah. And so yeah. I pray and, for you, Jody, that God, you feel his blessings around you through the trial of doing the right thing and that he will open the doors to where he has you and use your voice as a platform now and maybe spark some interest in somebody else that isn't a place where they need to speak up and they're not. Mm-hmm. You know, because sometimes... Some people will, some people won't, but he's like calling us to make that stand. And some people are holding back because of fear. And you didn't hold back. You were, you were for probably months contemplating before recording anything, what to do, right? Oh, from June of 2020, I was like, I was done with this. And that was just the beginning. Um, but yeah, uh, d- there was, I actually reached out to Project Veritas in July and um, cause I was just done, you know, we were just getting our next surge. So we had three different like uh, surges, I call them. <clears throat> and still, you know, now they're coming in sicker. They're getting sicker quicker and uh, more critical faster. And now they're vaccinated and we're seeing all these injuries. And I just was like, I can't be here anymore. And I reached out and, um, and she's like, well, what story do you want to tell? And I was like, all of it, (laughs) all of it. But, but you have to, you have to know like, okay, well here, how are you going to show this to people? You know, I can't just tell you how I feel, you know, type of thing. And, um, and they were great at Project Veritas. She's like, you know, it's your story to tell. I can't guide it. You know, when, when you feel like you have one, if you ever do, just call me back. And then the next month after I recorded the pharmacist refusal, I was like, oh, here, here it is. And I just like, was like, I'm sending them all of these videos and I'm done and I don't care. And this is what it is. And this is what's happening. And there you go, Lord. I listened to you. Thank you. You know. <laughs> oh yeah. I but, have, um, I've had uh, nightmares and I swear a little PTSD from this past few years. I, I left the hospital setting for a while and took a clinic position. Cause I was like, God, I can't watch them just hurt people. Um, mm-hmm. and be silent. I almost got in trouble on an assignment for trying to help people <laughs> and educate people and educate patients on how to take care of themselves and asking for the right things because that is not their policy. Right. And um, I'm like, I just blow it just to, I was just, in, I was like you, I'm like, how do I, what do I do, God? How do I handle this? I'm like, can't watch these people 
be treated this way and another death. I've seen death after death. Um, and I've seen injury after injury with the shot. And I'm like, no, I'm not taking that. And I mean, I begged one of my other coworkers, don't get it. Don't get it. Please go do the research. Please go do the research. Do not get this. Um, there's nothing good of this. And this is, this too came about when I did read Judy Mekovitz's book though. Um, I think it's been a couple of years ago that I read her book in the beginning of 2020 or something. I got a hold of her book and started reading it. My, my uh, mind was kind of open then to vaccines. Like it wasn't ever open to vaccines before then. Yeah. And um, I just know that there's been so much that we could be doing better. And I'm like, we have no voice. And I'm like, God, if I could start my own hospital and hire my own people, we would be treating people as the way that God is. You want us to treat people and we'd be giving more mm -hmm. compassion and we'd be giving like healthier food and we'd be, you know, not putting them in some protocol, but actually letting physicians use their God-given brains and their own research and their own brains to take care of somebody, not some protocol that they've been told to use. Yep. Yeah. You know? Because people don't realize that the doctors, they put in what they think is a diagnosis and then they type it in and then it pops up what meds they can give them for that diagnosis. Yep. You know, especially in the, in the government, you know, in this socialist healthcare system, they, they're all ran by the lobbyists who are, you know, under big pharma, who want them to push their medication, they push their medication, and then it's the only medication that you could give for a, a specific illness, you know, and that's how they, they run. I, you know, my eyes were wide open in March of 2020. Cause I, they were closed, girl. <laughs> they were closed. I was on that beach somewhere <laughs> every other month, you know, just traveling, doing my own thing. I, I lived a great life, you know, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, uh, God opened my eyes and I was like, wow, oh my gosh, this is what's happening in the world. I knew there was evil, but I didn't think it was like this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that a lot of people are having that moment, um, come to Jesus moment where we are seeing evil. If you're eyes are open, you're seeing the evil and, and then you see the evil in our healthcare system. I, I slowly saw that. And then it just, just gotten, now I'm like, Oh my gosh, how do I help people? Um, mm -hmm. because a medication is never a cure, um, unless it's an insulin and you're a diabetic, that's a cure. You know, there's very limited medications that are an actual cure. They're not a cure. They're in a treatment. And, um, but we, we need to have like a view of people and like a holistic view of people that we can go, wait a second. There's all these other factors that go into people's health than just a medication. And mm -hmm. we need to be advocating for that. And we need to be listening to the patients and the patients, what they want to do. And if they don't, if they don't want to do anything else, fine. Like a cancer patient, um, I read Nicholas, Dr. Nicholas Gonzalez's book years ago, and he treats, he used to treat um, cancer naturally. And he said, if someone doesn't want to make that change, then they can do that choice of chemotherapy. That's their option though. They have that option. They can see both pathways and decide which way they want to go. We need to mm -hmm. give people those options though. And we haven't. No. It's one way. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm hearing stories too of say, if a parent doesn't want to treat their child with chemo, um, they're uh, at risk of getting them taken away from, from them from CPS, which I had no idea those medical horrors were happening. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think God's put us in, in 
the position where we're at. You know, there's no mistakes. Um, there's, you know, we're, we're both seems like we asked him to use us, you know, and that's a difference, right? You know, I think with a lot of people, um, you know, I, in the beginning, I was like, this is just fear, 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 fear. And this is all communist crap that I'm seeing and hearing and it's propaganda messaging. And it's like, okay, Lord, you gave me the gift of discernment to know what's real and what's not real. Then how are, how do you want me? How, how do you want to use me? You know? And I mean, he's using you from doing this podcast too. You know, that's huge to get out there and let other people have a voice, you know, and to speak and everything. So I appreciate all that you've done. And, and I, I, I feel taken care of. I mean, I'm not, you know, I, I still have the stress and I've gained like 45 pounds. <laughs> like, oh, yes. oh, stress. I'll figure it out. <laughs> I'm going to Alaska in a couple of days for a couple of weeks. So I can't wait for that. <laughs> oh, unwind. Yeah. It, yeah. Just to be on the beach or somewhere to unwind and to, you know, not hold on to it, but to release it and then go, okay, this is bigger than what I can do and do with. I'm um, going to just give it over. But you know, Jody, I hope yeah. that, that there's other nurses that have reached out to you and that applauded you for speaking up. I know the retaliation part, but I hope that there's some nurses that have gone like me that speak up and go, thank you for being courageous to speaking the truth in love. Yes, I've, I've received 99% um, are just amazing messages. Amazing. Um, I hardly ever get anybody saying anything bad. Truly, it's, it's the craziest thing, you know, because I'll be looking and I'm like, oh, that, that wasn't directed toward me. That was, that was to oppose. But yeah, mostly it's just beautiful messages of love and support. Um, you know, a few tweak of, you know, sprinkled in here and there, but no, ultimately, yeah, that my story like spoke to people in in a deep way. And I knew that it would because it, I, I think it was one of the first stories that really hit on the feeling, the emotion of it all, mm -hmm. right? Not, not just trying to say, here's the facts, because people, when they're brainwashed, they, they can't see um, reasoning anymore. Uh, critical thinking kind of goes out the window. Anything facts, fa factually related, they, they can't even, you have to tap into the emotion. And when the doctor came out and said, like, these vaccines are full of shit, you know, and no, they're not doing studies. And yes, here's this patient and that patient. I think people were like, oh, my gosh, this, this really is what's happening now. Yeah. Yep. We need to get that, you know, and just prayer, prayer for those that are still, mm -hmm. um, still blinded and that they will see and that their eyes will be open to the truth in all the situations and that nurses, we continue to take our oath serious, that we speak up mm -hmm. when it comes to the hard times that we have to speak up and speak the truth, that we have some moral ground that we need to stand up. A job's a job. You can get a job anywhere. Right. You know what? Someone's life depends on your hands sometimes and what you do and what you say mm -hmm. in that mm -hmm. moment. Yeah. You know, I really liked uh, you saying about having the prayer ministry and, and I just had a thought come over me to like tell you, um, 
can you figure out a way to like send a, a prayer to people every day, like an audio prayer? I think that would just be amazing. Say a prayer and flash it out to people, uh, you know? Yeah. I, I'm not that technical, but I'm sure we could get some people that will reach out and tell me how to do that. Um, okay. Well, that's what I think you need to do. Like do a prayer ministry too. You know? Oh, absolutely. I, you know, and end it with, if somebody, I get messages and I get emails from all over globally about certain issues and certain health. And I get other nurses reaching out and they're like, want to know a, a holistic part of it. And I said, we need to look at the patients and we just start compartmentizing people by their diagnosis. We need to look at them at all the things and we need to be open to all the things that we could be doing for people. Um, and so in that way, we need to approach it. Like in a spiritual place, we can sit down and pray and have a handheld conversation and prayer with a patient. I have. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm me too. Beds, you, know, um, mm -hmm. you know, you're there. You're the one. Mm -hmm. uh, that God put you in that position to do something right then and there. Um, my ministry then thinking about too is the prayer thing too, but as having an actual place where I can help people, um, learn how to detox, having better functional livers, having better functional kidneys, keep them functional, having better health with your gut. And then, um, I do aromatherapy, so aromatherapy massage type thing. And then I have really gotten into ozone and I've researched mm -hmm. a lot about ozone and I've been talking more about on it and we are saw a naturopath recently who does ozone IV ozone. I was like, Oh, I wish I could train and actually do IV ozone to somebody. Um, but I'm fine with the other ways of doing ozone. And it's something that's been around for a long time actually was by Tesla back in the day and has been ignored mm. health because there's no money in it. So mm. um, a big pharma can't patent it. And if it actually cures somebody, if it actually cures somebody, they don't want you to know about it. Right. Um, right. <laughs> so um, that's where I have the more of the platform and I'm like, okay, the more I can educate point directions and tell you, this is what I've done with my own health. Um, this is what we've done with our family's health. This is what we do. And I think there, if there was a balance between the both, I mean, I'm not saying don't ever go to the hospital and don't ever go see a doctor. You have to, but have a balance between them, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I like that. I mean, we, we are nurses and, and what makes us different is we do see people in a holistic way, mind, body, and spirit. And you can't take away any of those elements and expect to treat a patient, you know, um, the best way that you can. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I look forward to like you and Aaron talked about doing your own podcast. Have you figured out a name yet? No, not yet. Well, we do. We have a couple of names, but we're actually, um, yeah, because we have the Grit and Grace Ignited. Uh, that's our, uh, our website. What is this? So if anybody wants to go there, gritandgraceignited.com, you can go there and subscribe and be on our newsletter. And, um, you know, when we're updating you uh, about what's going on, you'll get, you know, the, be the first to know. So, um, yeah, we're, we're thinking the road less traveled, maybe. Um, I don't know. But then they said that it should be more specific. So we're like nurse whistleblowers. <laughs> There's not many of us there, you know. I know, I know. But you think about some of the nurses, you think about Florence Nightingale was a whistleblower. 
She's like, wash your hands, wash, do this. Some of our nurses that we um, learned about through nursing school were whistleblowers who made changes in the profession and made changes in healthcare. They right. were voices in that, in their area. We need that yeah. now. We need yes. now more than we ever needed it because we, if, if we all walked out of the hospital care system, it would collapse completely right. could not run. Yeah. Yeah. You have, you have multiple CNAs and nursing. They, they out them, they, they have no business. They have no business to take care of anybody coming into mm -hmm. that ER and with a paramedic, whatever, if you didn't have a nurse there, if you just have a doctor there, he's going to do, and the ER physician is like, okay, so I could put the central line in. They have not put an eye. <laughs> I mean, the funny thing, we used to watch ER and then what the doctor used to do. And I'm like, those are the nurses things we used to do. Uh -huh. right, you know? right. And I'm like, they spend five minutes with you. We spend so much more time with you. We point out times when we start the compressions, we start the drugs, we see the things that need to be done with that patient way before a physician uh -huh. does. <laughs> um, unless they need to go to surgery and have a surgeon, but they can't run these facilities without us. And we, use, yeah. like, we need to have some uniting voices in speaking up, and especially since like things that have happened and been speaking up lately where that nurse said, um, I think there was one that was charged with and was sentenced. Um, oh yeah. Rhonda, Vonda, Vonda something. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole nother topic there, <laughs> but we'll have to, we'll have to do this again, Naomi. Yes. I really enjoyed talking yes. with you. Yes. And I will have Aaron on and I look forward to hearing and listening to your podcast and like encouraging, um, you could think encouraging the nurses. Hey, there's a name for you. Encouraging nurses. Yeah. There yeah. you go. <laughs> because you've got to be that, you have to be that strong person who speaks up and does the right thing, even when it's not you know, easy to mm -hmm. do. Yes. Yes. Amen. And you should get applaud for it. Thank you. I appreciate that. And um, I hope that Alaska will open you with, and you get to go see amazing things. That's it's on our bucket list to do is to do Alaska. So we plan to go there. I was going to take an assignment there sometime just to see Alaska. It's on my list. Uh. Oh, go there. It's every time I, I seriously think I might move there. I went maybe four years ago and I fell in love with it. And then I just took my son for his 30th birthday. And that's right when I um, had decided that I'm uh, releasing these videos. I was in Alaska with him and I was like, oh, I better enjoy these, these two weeks because my life is about to change. And, uh, and then now I'm going back again with my youngest son I'm taking him there and I don't know, I just feel called to be there. So I love it. And I, I just cannot wait. <laughs> Way big, diff different temperature than where you're at in Arizona. So definitely. yes. Yeah. But it's like 50 degrees and the sun is up from five in the morning to 1030 at night. Wow. So that's, that's pretty it's different and it's intense and it's lovely. Well, it's on my list, Jody. We're all going to stay in touch. And I just want to thank you for being on. I thank you again for just being a, a light, you know, to, and it wasn't the easy thing to do. And it was probably very nerve wracking to do. I mean, you haven't been able to go back to work as a nurse because of this. And so God be with you as he has you wherever he might take you with your neck, with your going to stay with nursing, I hope. And that you make yeah. this in a way that we can 
partner with other nurses and maybe um, uplift each other in speaking up in truth. Yes, I absolutely love that. I would love to do that, Naomi. I'd love to do that. Thank you. Nonprofit, right? Coming. <laughs> right. <laughs> I will totally yeah. be on board. <laughs> Please keep in touch with me on what you're doing with that because, uh, yeah, I think that's amazing. And if anything, I can share it, you know, share what you're doing on my page and, and let other nurses know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm going to hit stop. Okay.